gonna talk about is uh, parts five and six of the uh, Last Dance documentary. Man, episode five is probably like the best episode so far. What do y'all think? Episode five was tough for me for the fact that. I knew when it first came on and it said this episode oh, is dedicated to the Kobe Bryant. I said, Lord have mercy. But it, it's so intriguing because even with that little part that he had at the beginning, it makes you because you, you start you find out more about their relationship at the memorial, first of all, with the little brother and big brother situation. Then you start to see Kobe's feelings about it before he passed. So it had been cool, like after this documentary was out, to hear them talk about it now. Like you know what I'm saying? Like how Isaiah got a chance to kind of say his piece about what's going on, how Charles and say what he had to say. So it's just that conversation. I think that it hurts me that I'm never going to get a chance to hear, to see what their relationship is really truly like, though. So that was the tough part for me and five. This makes sense that I wouldn't have five rings if it wasn't for this man. Like, I wouldn't have to do this if it wasn't for this man. Don't have to buy one-on-one because, like, it's just, it was it was a tough watch, man. I think if you don't feel something behind it, you ain't got no heart. Five and six were definitely the best two episodes, in my opinion. I don't know what seven and eight going to do, but. You about to see Steve Kerr get knocked smooth out? I'm about to get him with the, <laughs> they, the black they, eye? They could have they kept three and four. Uh, I know they, y'all don't agree, but that's my opinion. No, I agree, with you. I agree with you on that. Like, it was some parts in three and four that I really wanted to see. Uh, but I, I, three and four are probably the, the most underwhelming episodes so far. But this one with his brother, right? Yeah. See, and I, I see where y'all are coming from, but I look at it differently because I look at it from the fact of how what Jordan knew his players were to allow them to do certain things. Like you know what I'm saying? Like, but we know we ain't finna get nothing out of Dennis unless we let Dennis go unwind. Ain't nobody finna let that happen now. So I feel like it shows more greatness on. Or understanding on Phil Jackson part. Because Phil Jackson gets slighted a lot. Because it's like, well, Phil ain't a good coach. Because he got Jordan. He had Kobe. He had Shaq. But all these people he's had the balance have well, I mean, and mental things. Whoever said that is a complete idiot. People do think that. Like, Jordan, no, but said, but they're like idiots. I get it. Because you got, it. To be, you got to be a real coach to be able to, just like you you were just saying. I'm just wondering what you were saying. You got to be a real coach to be able to put all that that manpower and those great athletes together and their their intellect, their mindset. Michael Jordan literally was like, if y'all get rid of Phil Jackson, I'm gone. And then you got to deal with what Pippen was, sitting What out? was it about yeah. Phil Jackson that was so important that made that superstar think that? You, that's an idiot that said that that man not a good coach, man. I, I'm not saying, I agree with what you just said. I'm not saying here saying I believe, but you have a lot of people that say Phil Jackson had the coach because it was Jordan team. Or he didn't have to worry about nothing because it was Shaq and Kobe. Even about Steve Kerr. Like, Steve Kerr ain't got a coach. He got Steph, KD, like, all these people. Like, that's a mindset that some people have. But when you have people who are superstars, the fact of, of them having to manage egos to be able to do things to get them to coexist together is a big deal. I think Phil Jackson's the greatest coach of all time. Right. Straight and, up. Because and he had those big egos. I agree. And just referencing three and four, just them talking about the, uh, the bad boys Pistons, just, you know, knowing what they did to try to uh, – keep that team from beating them and just, pre- you know, and like Phil said, if if we don't spread the ball around, teams are going to generate a defense against you to stop you because they know that the ball is going to be in your hand. And, but, you know, but going back to five and six, 
Like, just seeing them for the All-Star game, talking in the locker room, saying, you know, Kobe don't wait for the game to come in. He go, he go to the game. Like, he, he go for it. Like, they were just pretty much hyping up, like, his aggression. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that's something that lets you know, you know, and all this debate about, you know, Kobe and Jordan and Kobe, Jordan and LeBron, you know, and me and you, you know, with our friends, Greg, uh, we used to talk, me and you, we would defend Kobe to the bone. Man, ready to go throw hands. Throw hands, bro. We ready to throw <laughs> hands over, over Kobe, man. But, uh, man, just seeing that, man, my eyes were so watery. I was like, man, just seeing this dude on TV, man, knowing he ain't here no more, man, it's crazy. And it's crazy, too, though, because even with what you were saying, the way he was talking about Kobe beforehand, I don't know if it was Shannon or Skip, but they were sitting there saying the way Jordan was talking about Kobe, it's the same way the older people were talking about Jordan when he was coming along. So that's why he was able to relate to that whole Kobe thing, because they were so much alike. He saw that. And he was the only person in the NBA that he ever told, like, hey, if you need something, give me a call. And Jordan probably, they say he probably said it just to be saying it, not knowing that Kobe was going to pick up the phone and call this man at one in the morning, like always calling. So that level of respect, like, was was so crazy. Like I said, I just hate the fact that after this is all said and done, like how Shaq and Kobe had their moment to sit down and kind of talk about stuff. Like, it's so many, it's so much stuff I want to see with that interaction that we haven't got a yes. chance. Like a sit down between Jordan and Kobe. Or, Man. matter of fact, like, even after LeBron's career is over, having all three of them sit down and talk would have been such a beast. And I hate the fact that everybody, because of this documentary, is always like a shot at somebody, like, you're trying to push LeBron. Like, this has nothing to do right. with LeBron or how this host. Like, appreciate what this is for the greatness of what that was. Exactly. It's, all about, is all, player. it's all about Jordan. Thank you, Maurice. Like, it's it. stop making it about that. Stop making it about LeBron. LeBron, LeBron, wow. LeBron has not been brought up in this documentary at all. Like, all of this is 1998 and before that. So, I just don't understand, you know. Just it's only one time that man named him that said, and that was them asking Jordan, like, who, who do you want to play in his prime? I think this, this was in his though. He was like, you know, Kobe Bryant in his prime, Kevin Durant, LeBron, he said, and I'll beat them all. Well, except for Kobe because he took out my moves or something like that. The only thing that's been referenced, but it's just about him, even with that, paying homage to recognizing that these are great players at this time, but you can't sit because everybody's like, oh, I can't wait for LeBron documentary to come out now. This is not a competition about what right. this is. Like, let these people be great for who they are. Even Jordan sit here and say, like, don't be in such a rush to make the next Michael Jordan or do whatever, like, that player's going to come along, but let them be who they are, just like I was who I was. Right. Exactly. That's it. Can I say what the, the music that they use? Oh, the soundtrack on point. Yeah. <laughs> hey, hey, man. Put that Spotify for real. For, right. for, for this yep. to be kind of, you know, I feel, and you can tell that they are still working on this to this day, like, they are, they are putting these episodes out like right after they finish them because they're still editing. Like this 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 documentary is still going through editing right now. So you can tell that that they really put thought into the music, man. And like whoever who who whoever was in that music department for this documentary, hey man, shout out to y'all, bro, because y'all y'all kicked it on on this episode on, on these two episodes. Um, did y'all like the fact that they kind of um 
they really start talking about the competitiveness of Jordan in like episode six, like talking about how he liked to gamble, and you know, with the even with the security people in the in the dress in the locker room playing the, the quarters game. That's crazy. That's crazy. That's that is crazy level competition, bro. And I, I hate that he got the whole thing about the gambling issue. He's like, I don't have, I can stop gambling. It's not that. I like to compete. And like, that drives me to compete because ain't nobody trying to lose no money, especially those who he was playing with who didn't have his type of money. Right. You know what I'm saying? Well, the thing is, is they tried to make it seem like it was an issue for him, but it's a hobby. It's something he liked to do, just like yeah. golf. But yeah. you know, people are going to say what they want to say because when it, when it comes to, just like what they said in the documentary, when you have somebody who is of the type of stature that he is, people are going to try to do whatever they can to try to get the goody two-shoes mindset out of everybody else's face. And the thing is, it ain't nothing that, that Jordan could have done gambling-wise that was going to make me look at him differently as a grown man right now. Whatever they could have said about him was not going to take away, just, just like the Kobe situation. When Kobe had a situation with his, with his wife and, and, and having a situation where, um, where the affair happened. Do, do we talk about that? No. When I think about Kobe's greatness, I do not think, well, you know that affair happened. That don't even come across your mind. More so for, for Jordan, for me, because Jordan was, was the elitist. <laughs> That's not a word. The most elitist. You know what I'm saying? When I was growing up. So I think, like, like Corey asked, do I think, what do I think about them putting that in there? I'm glad they put it in there. Because he was able to tell some truth about himself, and, his, and the truth was about himself, and you can feel it when he said it, is that, uh, you know, I, I don't have a problem with gambling. He said, but I do have a problem with competition. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, yep, that's what it is. And so it, it, it gets to the point where you're like, this man is a multi-millionaire. And one of, the, one of the guys on there said, well, you know, um, if they, they were talking about how Michael Jordan was gambling all this money away. He said, I had to tell them, don't you know that him gambling away $10,000 is like, like you doing $10. <laughs> <laughs> right. Exactly. I'm right. like, Jordan can't afford to lose a cool $500,000. It's just like, man, I just gave that $100 away at the casino. Come on, man. This man is... It's, you was happy to win a bet against him because you won... One, 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 because you had all this money. So I don't know. I think I got to get to the point where I'm just saying they needed to do that in the documentary. They right. needed to put that in there, and they needed to let us know that this guy was not the, I guess you can say, A the entire perfection. Uh, right. I, I need to be able to see some flaws in something before I can receive it. And, you know, you know? that whole thing where he went to Atlantic City uh, during that Knicks playoff game through that Knicks playoff series. I'm like, man, you know, that's nothing. I'm like, bro, y'all even bigger than that. Right. The whole the whole political thing that they try to put him in because he didn't speak up for the black man. He was like Republican say a tennis yep. shoes too. Like they buy shoes too. I agreed hundred percent with what he you said. Can, that man was a businessman. Like he and he said he I still sent my endorsement of my money to him. You know what I'm saying? Whatever. Like he still supported him. He just didn't know the man. You hurting your business by sitting here saying this is what I want to do. Like white people were buying shoes too, is what he was really once, saying. Once Jordan said, Hey, I did send him a country, a, a nice contribution, though. I'm done once with it. Once he said that, we could have ended that say they could have put some more in the documentary. Right. Because he killed it. 
Like, you can't don't know this man. I don't know this man. I'm not a politician. I'm not finna just back him just because he's from North Carolina or just cause because he's black. He black. No. I don't know this man from a bag of chips. Like I'm a basketball player. Right. <laughs> but I sent him my money. Thank you. You're welcome. Right. Yeah, and you and know, that's what he really needed was you, the money. You know what I find funny is, and you know, y'all know how I don't like I, I don't like to talk politics, but I'm just gonna say it because in it because of the episode brought it up. Yeah, we're talking politics right now. But it's your fault, cool. I, I I didn't bring it up. <laughs> you did. I did. I, I, I did. I Greg did. brought it up. So Uh-oh. what just what shut him down. What I what I'll say is, I I don't like how politicians will tell athletes, "Hey, stick to sports," but you want them to contribute to your campaign. It's it's, it's contradictory so much. You want it to benefit you, but when it's not in your benefit, you you know you want to tell them to go ahead and do what they got to do. But he did absolutely right. You can't yeah. force Yo, somebody yeah. to be an activist. Or he said, "I don't want to be a role model." I don't. He was at least true to you, let you know like what he wanted, who he was, and you got to respect and let people be who they are. The most important I mean, thing he said, he's like, look, I respect everything Muhammad Ali did. That's who he was. He said, that's I'm not, not that. I'm not Muhammad Ali. And that's, right. the, that's the best thing that he could have said for that particular no, like, point blank. Hey, that was part of Muhammad Ali's career. He was a boxer, but he always got into activism yeah. from the beginning. Right. And oh, this yes. is my thing. When, you know, Muhammad Ali gets so much respect for what he did as an activist because he was willing to go to prison for what he believed in. <laughs> I'm sorry, I love y'all, but I ain't going to jail. Ain't I'm no sorry, athlete bro. doing that right now. <laughs> ain't no athlete doing that. Oh, but the dude that was dumb and said that we gonna remember Muhammad Ali. You know what I'm saying? We're not gonna keep remembering Michael Jordan as we go down the line. Hello, Mr. Mr. Dummy. How you doing? I guess the closest thing that is Colin Kaepernick, but Colin Kaepernick making some he he, he making some decisions that he, 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 don't yeah. agree with my common sense at he, this point. Yeah, he has recently. <laughs> yeah, shout out, shout out, Colin Kaepernick. And if y'all didn't, we went we did a deep dive on Colin and his little debacle. Uh, you know, some episodes ago. Uh, I think we said uh, no no cap the no cap episode. So yeah. So we're gonna move on to uh a He's team. my hero. <laughs> we go we're gonna move on to our next topic, uh, which is Ozark. Now, do y'all wanna talk about all three seasons or just the third season? We could probably just do it as a whole, you know what I'm saying? Like just everything. I, I mean, I, once, once I binge watch, it's hard for me to remember what was in episode one, two, or three. Yeah, we don't have to do it like that. Here. We just kind of like do a synopsis of what we thought because I've 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 been watched Ozark. I think y'all just recently finished it, right? Yeah. So, uh, oh, when, so yeah, Wendy, let, let's because Maurice said Maurice said brought something up in the group text about Wendy. What what are your thoughts on Wendy throughout these three seasons, Maurice? I think Wendy Wendy progressed as she went through the seasons as somebody who was who was trying to make a name for herself. And um, me being a person that deals with, I deal with people. And I've been dealing with people for so many years. And it's hard to say, hey, Maurice, what do you do in ministry? Or what do you do around people? Or what do you do around people, around young people, around youth and teenagers? One thing that I've noticed is that we we as three black men can sit up here and talk all we want to talk. And not just as black men, but as men, period, about our lives. But I have noticed in my years of dealing with people that a lot of women... Still, 
you know, have to go through some sort of a process before they can feel like they can do what they would like to do with their lives. And I'm not talking about a certain race of women. I'm talking about women, period. Especially yeah. black women. Even in, in my family, people that I've been around, I felt like that show was trying to get Wendy into a place where we were trying to understand how she was saying, hey, at some point, my you know, my husband's been on the top and doing this and making decisions, that's good, but I want to try to get whatever whatever my career would have been if I hadn't been keeping the kids, you know what I'm saying, at yeah. home all these years. Yeah. And so, even though some of the stuff, and then this is my last part I'm going to say, even though some of the stuff I felt like she was doing was undermining, and some of the stuff you just cannot go into a support for, because it's like, okay, yeah, you did that, but you did that kind of like against your husband, Wendy. But I can't sit here and lie and say I didn't understand where Wendy was coming from. When, when after she lost her brother, after she had to li literally, if she hadn't done what she done to her brother, we, we try not to tell the show. If she hadn't done it, it would have been her and her kids. And that's a hard decision. It was either your brother who you grew up with that you know you, you were loving him before you let your kids out, or you're going to end up having to give up your kids because they were going to die. It, that, 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 I don't know why the way y'all can put it. They was gonna kill the folks' children. No, I, I get what you. And I, it's interesting. You, you like your pers your perspective is is interesting to me, and I and, and I feel where you're coming from. But like I said, my whole thing with it too, though, from the beginning, Marty was forced into this situation. Where, where kind of forced into the situation, he made a decision like, well, I, I can get you this to try to save himself and his family. So everything that Marty was doing. Truly, in my opinion, was to save the family. So at the end of season one, they had a chance to escape and get out of it. But like you were saying, like I think Wendy, because as, as as you watch a show, we see all angles about how everything goes, so we can put things together. But if you put yourself like try to put yourself in the show, Wendy doesn't see Marty's intentions with what's going on. She's taking what she's giving and kind of looking at it. And I do think because she had the political after he told her, yeah. But she had that political career, and I think putting her back in a situation was bringing her back home. Like, dang, I used to, I used to do this for a living. Like, I miss this yeah. feeling of doing whatever. Right. But I do think she got a little greedy and tried to, she, like I said, she did a lot of stuff that's undermining. But Marty was doing some things, too, that were kind of competing with each other and weren't communicating and kind of saying what was going on. And they both thought they were doing this. And Marty really was trying to get out. Like, he was done. But Wendy was feeling that power. Like, nah, this, is, this feels good. Like, I like doing this. But I think at the same time, if you look at it, if Wendy, they, they could have went off and she still could have found something, some type of way to, to kind of come back and still get that side of it. But the decision she made with that ultimately is why she had to make the decision with her brother. Because if they would have gotten out of the, the situation, that never would have happened. So it is like you make a decision, but because Marty wasn't open and honest and Wendy wasn't open and honest, they put themselves in a bad space. But yeah, when it do come to like saving my kids or my brother, and especially when she was trying so hard for her brother to get what was going on and he wouldn't go because of his mental issues and all this stuff that's going on. It sounds bad, but she had to do that in order to save him. But it's a messed up thing to say. You know what I'm saying? But it, it got to the point. But the reason that all happens is because of the decision she made in her home thing, too. So it's, it's kind of tenfold. Like, it go back and forth. Like, well, I made a decision, like, and I put myself in this issue because of communication. And Marty not talking to her, not talking I, I like how in in this series, um, women are in kind of like positions of power from the beginning of the show. Like like 
I, I'm gonna say this with uh, Ruth, the Langmore girl. Like she, she runs that family while her dad was in prison. And she, she on it, and she was on it. Now I didn't like her, but she, she was the brains of the operation. She pretty much she told every, she told all of them what to do. All the men. She was the only woman. And I like how that show did that. So they did that with Ruth in the first the show season. Kind of made us, kind of made us hate her in the beginning, but when it got to the end of season three, you kind of loved her. Yeah, I, I still don't That's like her. Like I, I ain't gonna lie, I still don't oh, like her. Yeah, I, know, I, I hated her. I hated her like the now. I'm really not so sure about her now. That's how I was. That's how I was. Season one, I was like, I can't stand her. Season two, I'm like, eh, okay. maybe. Then season Clearly. three, I'm like, I don't like you no more. I like her. <laughs> I mean, that, that that character. I'm I'm like from a character development standpoint, she is probably to me the best character on that show from a character development standpoint because she had to stand. She had she was okay. She was like in the first season, she was kind of submissive to her dad. Like even behind bars, her dad was intimidating to her. Yeah. Once he got yeah. out. She tried to uh, put him on like a wild goose because he wanted to kill Martin. He wanted to get rid of him. But she did whatever she could to keep that from happening. That's what I liked about her in season two. Season three, I felt like I felt like her character kind of got lost because it was a lot of stuff going with with uh, Wendy because I think season season three was primarily kind of focused on Wendy. And I can see why. But back to what you y'all two were talking about with Wendy, I, ne- I, I never liked Wendy from the jump. Because she was this character who was like, Marty, why are you doing this to us? Then season two, when uh when Marty wanted to get out, she was like, No, nah, we still doing this. We go, we go stay here and we go do this. And now she's still and, and she and like Greg said. She put them in the situation for because she could have been told her brother to leave. To, to leave, she could have been told him, "You, hey, you can't be here. You need to go for the safety of my children." Because number that don't one, mean he was gonna leave. She, hey, she could have. He wanted money. He wanted money. She could have gave because she tried to give him that at the end. I'm like, you waited too long to ask them, hey, how much do you need to leave? But he won't go nowhere. By Marty, that point, Marty had brother, already tried to get him to leave. He did, he but he's not gonna listen to Marty though. He don't listen to Marty because him and Marty. He won't listen to her either. He, I, I believe he would have. He proved that in the van when that was when they were leaving out. That, that she even had to realize, you know what? This is my brother, but he ain't listening to me. Well, and and uh, plus that was the man. He was off. Uh, he been off his meds the whole that whole season. Oh. I'll, can't you well, that, that's probably, that's probably, I was trying to remember at what point that he stopped because I was about to say he was already off his meds, so he was when already. He showed up, he wasn't on no medicine. <laughs> right. <laughs> hey, ain't, ain't, ain't it crazy what a, what a, what a guy Well, he did in that classroom that you know he wasn't on no. What'd you say, Greg? That last job he ain't no Right. I had, I had to censor myself, but I said, ain't it crazy what a man to do for some vagina, though? Because he stopped taking the pills because he couldn't get hard. That's why he was like, hey, it's not you. Let right. me start like. Hey, I got to let I mean, but that's that. what the but that's what them type of medications do to you, man. But, but you you are right though. She did. She had the best play. I mean, not player character development though, because I mean, she went to the whole thing with Wendy killing her daddy, even going this whole thing like she had growth 
But my favorite character on the show was still Marty Bird, though. That, but that, didn't that, Wendy that. grow some balls when she killed Kate? She wouldn't when she killed Kate Langmore. That's when I but feel it, like them nuts dropped on Wendy. It was so crazy though. You know what I'm saying? I knew what she was trying to do. She was trying to protect those girl, but still at the same time, right. it's kinda like he was the driving force behind season three. I mean that that yeah. She reminds me of Helen Hunt, but I can't I never remember what her name is. Uh, she her, uh I thought it was Helen Hunt at first. Like, she does. Laura Lenny. Because she was in uh the Truman Show. She played the wife yep. in the Truman Show. She played the wife in the Truman Show. That mm-hmm. woman proved that whoever had a problem with her acting. She, she shut all y'all down. Man, that's crazy. Hey, it's kind of like I'm gonna tell y'all my most my favorite scene was in season one. The, the uh, when what was his name? The the uh, uh, the, the 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 Latino guy when they was at the when they were at the snails uh, house and they were trying to put everything together for the casino deal where they was trying to get the land and stuff for the casino so Marty can be able to wash the money and he called them rednecks and. Uh, and what's her name? The uh, what, the wife. Uh, yeah, uh, Darlene. Wife. When yeah. she when she was like, "What did you say?" Her name was Darlene, and and she and she was he was like uh she was like, "What what did you say?" He said, "I can't believe only Marta Bird can come down here and talk me into doing business with some red." Boom! And she shot his head off, bruh. That scene right there. <laughs> when his when he when you can see him in the background, his head split in two. I said, "Oh Man. my god!" Season three really was. You just be waiting for somebody to get killed. Of course, season three is really all of Wendy's bad decisions coming back all at one time. Everything yes. you did wrong. Season three is all for you. And bro, when he killed that <laughs> lawyer at the end of season three, I didn't see that coming. Oh, I don't think nobody did. I was like, I was, I was I'm so angry when shows end like that. Cause I'm like, now I got what's to next? Wait. You know what I'm saying? And it's like, dang, I got to wait a whole nother year. Gotta wait a I'm whole, talking about it was out of nowhere. Out of Fine. nowhere. That's why I just wait and binge watch. I don't even. <laughs> I, I, I feel you though. I, 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 to, I need to wait till it's complete. Like this is the final season, then start watching something. Cause I hate that feeling of not knowing. Like when, when Darwin. When Darlene went and shot off uh, Frank Jr.'s balls in that car. Oh. Man, Darlene was getting smashed, though. But look, she is straight up cougar in this show, man. Man, that thing was, I was like, man, how you, the first time they kissed, I was kind of like, ugh. Uh, yeah, I was like, ugh. I almost threw up. I was like, uh-uh. <laughs> ugh. That, was that man in love, though. Yeah, man. That's that, uh, what that, that old cooch. He gonna be on uh, what was it, Tiger King next uh, season? Oh, them cougars. Is that I'm talking that cougar he done cut. Oh, that highlight, highlight power for women in different capacities. Yeah, man, bro, cause Darlene, man, you could tell she on some, you could tell she was on some hard drugs. Like but when the, they the, would do the, like when they would do the flashbacks between her and Jacob, I think that was the husband name. When yeah, they were yeah. young, and she. Pretty much talked him into you know going. Out man, came on that man date and took it, took him away, man. She yeah. owns some most stuff. Yeah, but hey. the three of them, Darlene, uh, Ruth, and uh, what's the, the the brother name? I mean, the cousin, the one Darlene smashing. Uh, uh what's his name? Uh, not three. The three, the three of them together gonna be hell though. Is his name three? Or is that the little one name? The younger, the baby brother. That's the little one. That's uh, a little. God, I can't think of his name, man. Ian, Yan, 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 something like that. 
And they be talking so crazy, <laughs> man. You can't. You really can't but, tell. And like the three of them together finna be dangerous, though. You know what I'm saying? So I don't know what they gonna have playing with them for season four, but it's about to be, it's about to be legit. Oh yeah, like I can't, I can't wait until. I wonder if, uh, if uh, Joseph Sakura's character gonna come back next year for the next season. Cause like his dad, his daddy was after them when he was like, who? When she went back, I'm like, oh, she, she got some balls to even go back after she did what she did to him. Well, he ain't got balls. None. They gone. Smithereens. So it's over with. It's just so, it's it's weird to see Tommy. I keep Dude, saying Tommy because I don't yes, care. Yeah, that's all, yeah, right. He in a role where he's losing. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Right. Like, this man got threw off a boat. I'm saying like, oh, you you messed up. Now you push Tommy off the boat. Oh, I knew when he beat up. I'm like, wait, wrong show. Wrong when show. When he beat up Ruth, <laughs> when he beat up Ruth, I'm like, oh, yeah, he, he either about to get hurt or he's about to get killed <laughs> after doing that. He's forgettable in, in season three too, though. Yeah, he really is. I think it's, just, it's the point. You just happen to see him doing something else. And I'm just mad he's not Tommy right now. So yeah, it's like he, like a spoiled, uh, inheritance type child. Like yeah, I'm I'm about I'm gonna take over my dad's stuff when he died because his dad got like a lot, lot of running in that town. So yeah, it's 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 pretty uh it's pretty crazy. Like uh, he's smashing la la. He just ain't. It just ain't the same. It ain't man. the same. It's, it, yeah, it's not the same. I believe if they gave him, if they made his role a lot bigger in this season, I think we probably would have been a little bit more satisfied with what he did on this show. Because that's yeah. pretty much why people were watching it because they wanted to see what he was gonna do. They were trying to see like, like, oh snap, Tommy oh snap, Tommy in here. Oh, we gonna see some stuff. Yeah. Then then you was like, oh Tommy. You got pushed off a boat by a six year old. Right, right. Wasn't it a beast when Ruth killed her killed her uncles though? Then that's why I'm saying that's a bigger thing. Like she, cause she really cares for Marty though. You know what I'm saying? So now that that's kind of been he put money in her pocket. But Marty it's broke the only now. Man ever helped her do anything. And now and that's, that that whole man. thing is ruined. And it's ruined now. Man, that's... that man gave her a, a, an excellent job. I mean, she. I mean, it's kind of like I don't know. I I feel bad that she fell in love with with Wendy Crazy Brother, right? Cause I knew that wasn't gonna last. Like, what you think gonna happen between them two in the next season? Oh, Wendy, about it here. He did. No, I'm talking about Wendy and Ruth. What y'all think of Wendy about here? She gonna try to go find out if she he got a grave somewhere. Who do but... you think is more ruthless, Wendy or Ruth? Her name is Ruth for a reason. <laughs> um, I think... Ruth is definitely more Ruth, but I think us seeing the side of Wendy. I, I mean, I, I just think you know, yeah, Wendy doesn't get the credit that she deserved. The woman, the the, the the wrongest thing Wendy did in this whole situation, and you, some people will try to justify. But in all seasons, the wrongest thing she did was she don't own us. And and people try to use justification. Well, you know, Marty was working so hard; he had time to. He didn't give her the time of day. Nah, that's bull crap. When do you wrong for that? That's the wrongest thing she did in all of it. Yeah, Tina's never right. She done paid for it. She saw that man. She saw that man. She made some wrong decisions along the way, too, though, Marty. Yeah, like keeping them in the game when Marty wanted to get out, when they had the opportunity to get out once they got the scene. I got a different way of looking at that than y'all. But I I see where you're coming from. I do not think that they would have been. I think they would have died. I think if they would have tried to get out, when when Marty wanted to get out, they would have got killed. That Mexican guy would have killed them. 
and that's the good thing about the show too, because you, you really don't know. So you have like your thoughts where you had yep. because that was gonna happen this this way. Like it's no. I honestly feel like if they got it, because of the stuff that happened after they didn't get out, I was you like, you know right. what? I feel like when you're dealing with a drug cartel, you doomed to die anyway. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, so I, like, I feel that. can't get out of it. You really can't get out of it. You ain't, you ain't. Yep, you ain't. Unless you, in. you kill all the folks ahead of you, kill every single boss, and then you can. If it, it's, 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 if it wasn't for Marty's partners in the beginning, this stuff wouldn't have been happening. It, it's all the partners' fault. Marty trying to yeah. pick up pieces to some, and it's just man, it, it, it's this show is legit, man. It's, it it's gonna keep going. Like it is so many plot twists still. Like it, it hadn't got to the point he kind of feeling like, oh man, to run this course. Like what are you trying to do now? Like no, it's so much that can happen where hey, slick it my- can go for a while. Slick, my favorite character really is uh the old dude in the first season. The dude that was dying. That was on oh, the yeah. oxygen all the time. Oh. Hey, don't don't he remind you of the yeah. uh of the dude Salvatore from Grand Theft Auto 3? Yeah. That's who yeah. he remind me of. I was like, man, that's Salvatore, man. I'll Grand Theft Auto 3, bro. I'm still a uh a Marty Berry guy though. That's my that's my guy on the show. Hey man, Slick Jason Bateman is a beast in the show. But I was getting mad in season three when he was doing some undermining stuff to the kind of doing some sneaky stuff behind the back. I was, come on, like Marty, come on. Hey, can we talk about yep. can we talk about the black uh girl's uh pregnancy belly, how bad it looks? The one that's at the casino with, with, with them all the time? The black girl. Oh, boy, I thought you were just talking about a random black girl. Oh, no. Why you didn't say the black FBI agent? <laughs> no, I said like... See, the, I mean, uh, she's pretty much the girl. only black, the black main re- recurring character with a pregnancy belly. I, I thought you had left well, both of us, Greg, were you yeah. confused on who he was talking about too? Am I the only one in this? I ain't know who you were talking about. I thought he was like, "Don't y'all just hate black women's pregnant bellies?" I was like, "Hold on, wait, no." Like, what? See, y'all <laughs> probably didn't hear what I said. Y'all just hear what I said. I said, "Can we talk about how bad that black girl's pregnancy?" Hey, bro, it's four years. I don't see how we both just could have uh, missed it all. I got you, bro. I got you. Oh, I mean, man. we get it. We we realize you wasn't saying that. I mean, you married with a wife who was just pregnant not even a year ago. We got it. I, I can see her coming to the room now. Say what? But, no, <laughs> <I'm> just... <laughs> but that, hey, that fake pregnant um, look terrible, though. Yeah, I, I really, I don't know if I really even paid attention to it. Like, I was just getting mad at her I, character. I wasn't paying attention to it either, really. I mean, I, she was pregnant. I, I mean, I didn't, I didn't. I didn't like. I've seen worse pregnant bellies. I've seen pregnant bellies that I couldn't even take the scene because the pregnant belly was so bad. So it was. It wasn't that bad. <laughs> <It> was bad. <laughs> I just. I don't know. I was kind of wondering. What I've seen pregnant bellies, but it, like I stopped watching the show. Like okay, I can't even watch this. They just put a dog on bent up pillow in there, and it don't even look like it's close to being the real thing. <laughs> why your stomach square? Yeah. Right. <laughs> right. No. Why y'all? Why your stomach square. got a button on it? Your stomach got a button on it. <laughs> it's a square and a rectangle to get and a rectangle right. together. Are those tassels on your pregnancy belly? And they fool around and the tag come out the bottom of the shirt like yeah. You just broke a federal law. <laughs> like come on, bro. Just, I don't <laughs> think. I think the point of her character. I mean, I like the fact that they added her character in there. Um, it it, it just kind of. She didn't know. She didn't realize what she was getting herself into. Like she did. She, she didn't realize how intelligent Marty was. And yep. I think after after she started working with him, she was like, "Wait a minute, 
this guy. Crushed, that's why she wanted to help him and all this yeah, shit. He's way smarter than what I thought. You know, mm-hmm. hey, right. I was waiting. I was waiting him to turn it though. I thought I said Marty finna find him with a turn it though. Like he gonna he gonna get him. But I don't. I, I don't know. Could. I didn't think he could. Like she yeah, said. I was waiting. Up. Like she too. She is too goody two shoes as far as with her job to turn. And Marty, I trust. In, in Marty, you trust? I was waiting. I, I don't know. All right, so uh, let's move to the final topic, which is what all of us are doing right now since this pandemic is going on, working from home. Uh, I've been I've been working from home for a long time. We all have to basically do what we got to do. Everybody got their own little part of their job that they have to fulfill these obligations through Zoom meetings or through some other video chatting service in order to to get their job done. I yeah. mean, working from home, how can we talk about that without talking from the front about the millions of people who can't work from home because they don't even have a job? How about the 30 million people that literally wish they could work from home? That's what I think about when I'm sitting on my computer. Yeah. Like, I'm glad I have the opportunity, thank God, to work from home. Yeah. Because somebody ain't got that. They don't have that opportunity. And it's, you know... What you got to say about it? I'm definitely blessed when, like I said, when you think about it, that's like, because I, I had some other day I had to buy something that's kind of like, well, at least you got the money to still be able to buy because you are still working, you know, so as opposed to people who can't. So, you know, say so it, it does make you thankful for, you know, saying so the situation in which you're in. But then at the same time, just on a work standpoint, like it's, it's weird because like I lose track of days because every day feels the same. Like the weekends feel like, Regular days, because I mean, when I wake up in the morning, like my computer is right here, so it's kind of like, oh, traffic is pretty rough in the bedroom this morning. You know what I'm saying? So I lose focus sometimes, or I kind of like the motivation is kind of kind of different. But at the same time, like I'm not complaining. Like so I'm thankful. You know what I'm saying? So it's it's different, and I do think moving forward, I've I've been kind of told that our target date rumor is we may be starting back to work June 8th, but it won't be everybody. They still gonna start transitioning people in. But I even think after that, teleworking will be a thing that where you might only work two days out of the week and, you know, telework three days, you know what I'm saying? So it's definitely going to change, like, the way things are moving. But like I said, at the same time, I'm still blessed to be able to, to work. So. Yeah, I, I was going to ask y'all because, you know, I've been working from home for a little over two years now. So I was going <laughs> to ask, you know, what, what, how, how did you all feel when you, like, what, what was the adjustment like for y'all working, you know, going from being around a lot of people conversing with people on a daily basis uh, into just, you know, all right, yeah, I got to roll out of bed, maybe brush my teeth and wash my face and do some work. Like I said, my job, I deal with people. Like, that's all I have to deal with is people, people, people. So when you're at home, like I so said, think about the mornings you say, I don't feel like getting up going to work. You know, so I just like to stay in the bed. So now that I do stay at home, it's like it's hard to get out of the bed until that phone ring. And then somebody hits you up like, dang, I do got to get up and do this today. You know what I'm saying? So that's the adjustment because it makes you lazy because, you know, usually you work all day. You ready to come home and just sit and chill. So when I'm at home, I'm like, I just want to sit and chill. I don't feel like working. You know what I'm saying? But when that phone starts ringing, I start having to do this and do that. It's almost like I'm a doctor on call because it just happens at any time because everybody's work schedules are changing. Like everybody not working 8 to 5 or whatever. Like somebody might hit you up at 8.30 at night like, hey, we need this done tomorrow. So it's it's different from that point of view, but like I said, it, I don't know, I just want, I want to be lazy, but I'm just not able to, you know what I'm saying? So, that's, that's tough. For me, it's more, it's more so like, um, I, know I just came off a, a stint of being at home for 
for a few months already. Went back to work two months, and now here I am back in my house. So it kind of played a toll on me because I'm. It's like I'm going back to the same position I was in, being at home all day. Um, but I think the work side of it, because I love my job, and I'm just saying that because I'm because this is going to get broadcast. I really do love my job. I really. <laughs> I really know for a fact that I'm in my dream job. Um, and I tell people that all the time. I told y'all that while y'all sitting here looking crazy. I have always felt like my time in Mississippi all led me up to do the job I'm doing right now. So I actually look forward to the meetings. Of course, I set up the meetings at the time, the same times. It's not so much as like Greg, like people on call, people calling in this and the other. All my stuff is set up on a particular schedule. So I just have to, you know, I do what I can do what I can to be there on time or before time to meet that certain schedule. And it, it gives me something to look forward to while I'm sitting in my house. At least I know, okay, I'm scheduled to do this. I'm scheduled to do that. I'm scheduled to do this. So it's kind of, it's it's better than what it was when I was in the first time from the surgery because I ain't had nothing to look forward to. Just sit up in here and just be here. Yeah. But yeah. time is more so like I get a chance to talk to the young people, get a chance to see about their lives, get a chance to... I don't know, talk to them, get the, get them a chance to talk to me about what they're going through and, and we kind of help each other through it. Um, I think some of the difficulty can be because we're in the house and we're working from home, you know, it's not, it's not like we have a choice. It's like we have to be here. We have yeah. to stay inside, you know, because of, of the, the order that's been put forth by our different states. I think that in my line of work, trying to keep myself from being, I guess you could say, from from being uh, in a position where I'm talking and I don't have a level of encouragement coming through my speech or don't have, because in the line of work I'm in, people will expect, just like we were talking about how people expect Michael Jordan to be this, this, this premier superstar and you better not gamble, you better not do this, you better not look at another woman, you better always love your wife do this. People in this kind of position I'm in, in my community, people expect for me to have encouraging word or an enlightening thing to say or something that's going to build them up rather than saying something like what I say around y'all because we've been friends so long. Yeah. <laughs> I can get around y'all and say how I really feel and we'll get into it and we'll talk about it and we'll get to argue and then we smile all over again. But, you know, when it comes to your job, you, you kind of have to, people are, 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 are feeding on the things that you would normally say positive that would get them through their day. Yeah. And it's a good thing. What if we had to work from home, but outside was open? You know what I'm saying? Like, try to picture, like, I don't think people be working for, if you could leave your house and go somewhere, but you still force telework in some kind of weird way, the fact that you can't go anywhere does kind of force you to work, because now you, you, you get tired of sitting up while and not being able to do anything. Like, you know, I might as well get some right. work now. You know what I'm saying? But if outside was open, telework, man, I'm finna be out. Like, um... I started working from home back in February 2018. Like the biggest adjustment for me was like I started getting lazy. Like uh the stuff that I would use because you know when you have to be at a when you have to go to a building, you know that you have to hey, I got to get out of bed at this time so I can get something to eat. Uh, put on some clothes, you know, shower, put on clothes, brush my teeth. I got to get in my vehicle. I got to stop and get gas. And then I got to be in the building by a certain time so I can be on time. But working from home is like, eh, uh, I used to have to get up at like 8 to be at work. 
Now, because I work from, from 12 o'clock p.m. to 9 p.m. So, I would wake up at the last possible minute, like 11.55. That's true. Like, <laughs> 11.55, brush my teeth for like 30 seconds. With, you know, and then you'd be like, oh, bro, hey, you be business at the top, party at the bottom. You know what I'm saying? Like, if you got to do hey. conference calls. I ain't got to do that. Eyes are straight on the phone, so they ain't got to see what I got on. I ain't going to tell you what I've been wearing someday. But you're right, though. Like, if I got, usually my work day start at 7, 7 30. You know, it's all the stuff I got to do. Every morning I have a conference call at 9 45. I'm getting up at 9 40, maybe 9 42. You know what I'm saying? Calling and like just doing whatever. Because I mean, I ain't, I it is different. Like I said, if I just know like it's certain points of the day I got this call, so I might chill until I get that. You know what I'm saying? It, you can't do that work because something's always going on when you're in that building, you know, so sometimes. Right, way, but. yeah, and and that was my thing, man, and, like, as soon as I got done, I'm like, oh, I'm going to go back to bed. <laughs> yep. <laughs> I'm going to get back in the bed. Well, and that's that, over with. And that cabin fever start kicking in, man. You be like, man, I need to get out the house. So, like, I remember when, when my job was telling us, hey, we are transitioning to work from home. And, like, a lot of people were like, uh, I don't know about that. And I was like, and with my background in psychology, I was like, you know, for those people that are kind of apprehensive about it, I was like, just think about it like this. Like, if your whole day centers around you getting up and getting prepared for work and coming to a building, I said, just keep doing that. Like, except, you know, you're not driving to the building. Like, get dressed like you going to work normally. Get in your car, drive around the block, come back home and start working. That that will help you, and like it's a like uh, the lady I know, Maurice. I think uh, you know her as the lady that that does the strawberry cakes. Every time you come, you be like, she's a sister. She hey, she didn't want to do. She didn't want to work from home at all. I pretty much convinced. I'm like, hey, it's not gonna be that bad. Thank God she working from home. Thank the Lord that woman. Right. Ah, she got a deal. My sister won't want them cakes, man. We got to get that together. I got to just. We do. We really. Whatever I got to pay her. I need to I need to have her to teach Coretta how to bake because like Coretta really won't learn how to bake. I need to go ahead and set that up. But it's like for real, like I was so lazy. Like I would go to work in my drawers and a shirt. I would flip a coin, be like, "Do I want to brush my teeth today?" I would flip a coin. Here's a tails. Tails. Ah, no brushing my teeth today. Then you go get the stanky breath today, bro. I'll need conference calls, but. Man, it's, uh, no, man, bro, working, like, I like working from home, but it's pros and cons to it, because you will get lazy, and, I miss the gym, man, that, that too, I have been to, bro, I have not been to the gym in two years, I have I not been, I have not been to the gym since I moved, Slip. what, I have not been to the gym since I moved to, into my house, Cole, that's not good, it's not, I need to do something, like I need you to do. start walking around this neighborhood or something. I I need to do something. Um, I got to. Like, I don't. I need to figure it out. But uh, but to all those people that are working from home, you know, whenever this thing is over, you know, and and it it, it may be like some of these businesses that have sent a lot of their people home, they may continue with this work from home model, which is not bad traffic wise. And it helps on their bottom line because they're they're not having to spend money on either renting a building, renting, uh, you know, buying office equipment, stuff like that. 
that's pretty much up to the you know to the employee. But also with it, you know, working from home, man, it gives you a lot of tax breaks too because you can write off your office space as a tax write off. So, Greg, you know, when you file your, like when y'all file y'all taxes for twenty for twenty twenty, y'all can say, hey, I use this space as a uh, as an office. And you can write off your phone bill, a portion of your phone bill, uh, as a tax write-off. Your lights, gas, all any utility that you pay, you can write that off as a business expense towards your taxes. Like towards, you know, as that can be like a tax write-off. It may not work for my for cell phone because I have a government issued cell phone, so I won't be able to use that one, bro. They don't need to know that. Gotcha. <laughs> When you file your taxes, edit that out. Then. Edit, edit that, that out. out. <laughs> edit that out. <laughs> they don't. I mean, they don't need to know that. I mean, for real. Like, uh, man, I write off my uh, my cell phone bill, my my internet, uh, my water, insurance, all this stuff. That's tax write off. A percentage of those gotcha. can be a tax write off. So that's a benefit to all the people that's working from home. You can use that time. That you're working on right now as a tax write-off when you get ready to file your taxes for 2020. And do that there. Yeah, do that, do that, do that, do that there. But uh, all right, so one thing before we close this out, we about to put a bow on this. Uh we had a little contest. Um, nobody won the contest, y'all. Hey, I tried to ask, could I get in this? You told me no. Yeah, you can't. You you are disqualified. You that's, are not that's eligible. Fair. It's not it's not fair. Yeah. Do you even remember what we talked about the first episode? I think so. <laughs> you think so? I remember. Yeah. Uh, so, Maurice, you don't remember? I do not. Man, it was so long ago, man. Like, it was back in, when did we start? Like, in September? Yeah, I know what I had to deal with. Yeah, I know, yeah. I remember, what, I remember, uh, I remember exactly what I said. I, the first thing I said, I remember the exact First thing I said on this podcast. Hello, this is this is Corey Hanna. This is I'm just saying, bro. Podcast. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Ant go say, Ant, shout out to my uh, to our crab brother Ant. He was like, hey man, I won. I was like, you won what? This is what y'all talked about. I said, no, Ant, this is not. We did not. That was not a topic on the podcast. It was not at all. He was like, oh, oh man, I smoked so much weed. I don't remember. <laughs> like why you even answering it? But shout so, out to Eddie Hooters on TikTok. Yes, uh, yeah, man, he be dancing, bro. <laughs> he be bow jangling it out, bro. <laughs> but uh, so we are gonna con- we, we are gonna have a contest again. Uh, it'll be a couple weeks before we do. But of course, we we will announce it on our uh, social media when, when we do have it. So make sure y'all listen to the podcast. Y'all got anything y'all want to say uh, before we close it out? Holla at your boy Greg the Great on IG. Tell me what's up, and I say what's up back. Hmm. Thank you guys for listening. Peace. Yep, we really do appreciate y'all, uh, especially yours truly, uh, T Law. Shout out to her, man. She she been she down with us real tough. So we really 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 do appreciate her. Listen to our podcast. What up, T Long? And she and she think, she Greg. actually thinks we're funny. So I really do appreciate that. So uh that is it from the I'm just saying bro podcast. See y'all next week. Peace. Peace.